Hey, welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. We're glad you're tuning into this episode. Uh, we are a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we really appreciate you listening, watching on YouTube. We really encourage you to subscribe to whatever platform you're using. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, or if you're on Apple or however you listen to a podcast, be sure and subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. Also, make comments if you like it and share it if you like it. We really need people to make comments and share the episodes that you like. And then also, if you're not already a supporter, we really would encourage you to go to spiritualityadventures.com and you can pick a tier and we have bonus content for every type of giver. These are this is a nonprofit, so they're tax deductible donations, but we do provide bonus content for those who uh, are supporters. So be a part of the team, help support Spirituality Adventures. And we're so glad you're tuning in. To All right, welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. Thanks for tuning into this episode. And we're excited to introduce you, if you don't know already, Julia Reynolds. She is a Kansas City singer songwriter, and uh, you can check her out at Julie Reynolds Music. Yep. And that's, that's on Instagram, Facebook. She's got two albums that came out in 2022. Yep. Excellent albums. Queen of Crazy, which I love that title. <laughs> ah, thank you. And then Lemon Tree. And I I like both of them, but I'm a I'm a sucker. I, I I'm saying that funny wise, but <laughs> I love alt folk music. Nice. So the one you did with Michael Johnson, I really love. But I love, oh, I love crazy. I love Queen of Crazy too. Thank so. you. And it's more of an electronic, uh, kind of electronic. It's very eclectic. Yeah. I call it electro rock. Yeah. Because it's like it's kind of old rock, but it's also electro pop. It's also a few other things. I don't know what they are. So I usually just call it electro rock. So before we get to your music. I want to get a little of your backstory, right? I always like to hear, you know, like, where did you, where were you born? Where did you grow up? What's some of your family of origin story? And and then give us a little bit of your spiritual journey. And that, you, you got to kind of wrap all of that. I know, that's like a lot. And a, and a, maybe, have to maybe, maybe a few minutes, 10 minutes, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be What's super your life? short. Go. <laughs> but where, yeah, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Okay. So I was born in Independence, Missouri. Parents moved from there to Lawson, Missouri, a little tiny town, um, when I was less than one. So I grew up there. Like, I'm from Independence, but I, I grew up, was, you know, basically born and raised Lawson. Very small, very quaint, cute mm -hmm. little town. Yep. It's up, uh, it's like about north, about an hour, Kansas City, give or take. Yeah, isn't it between, like... Uh... Like between Kearney and Chillicothe or, or Cameron? Kind of. Is it it's probably more Cameron? like Cameron. Yeah, it's it's like the next. I mean, there's towns between, but it's like yeah. one of the main towns, like in between, yeah. like Liberty and all those and Cameron. Yeah. You know? I had a. Yeah. I think one of my my uh, female pastors at Vineyard was from that town, but she's really? she's a little older than you. She's huh. maybe getting. I don't, know, anyway, I don't know how old she is. A little older than you. Anyway. Nice. Yeah, she was a baseball, softball player. Her dad was a coach. Huh. Oh, anyway. Season. Well, that's part of it, too, is I don't know very many people from my town. Okay. I didn't know very many people growing up anyway. I, uh, I was homeschooled. Okay. All the way through. We were going to homeschool just the beginning, yeah. you know, the elementary and then the middle school. And then we we're like, 
ah, screw it, we made it this far. Let's just do it all the way. The and of course, I got into music really young. Yeah, so, tell us about your music. How did you get into music? Yeah, so a lot of that, I mean, I've always been into it. You know, I, I, there's like but a like, video. like, were your of, parents musical? Kind of. My mom plays fiddle. She Ooh. grew up playing fiddle, not professionally or anything, but just, just for fun. Pretty wow. dang good. Uh, my dad, he doesn't like play any instruments, actually, but he's got the gift, you know, like he'll sing around the house all goofily and you're mm -hmm. like, dang, that's actually really good. And he's mm. like, no, no, it's not. So, you know, he has it. He just doesn't do it kind of thing. So my grandpa played accordion, like amazingly. Wow. Apparently. I never met him, but apparently he played amazing. And I have his accordion now. Well, fun that's fact, fun. Fun fact, I played it on elementary a couple of songs. Oh, really? So that was special. Huh. But yeah, so there's a bit of background. But I was the first, uh, as far as I know, at least for a while, that took it professionally. Yeah. But it seems like kids who grow up around parents who are musicians start young, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And my Mo mom's an artist, too, a professional artist. Okay. So it's, you know, that part of, like, doing your art professionally, even though hers is visual, that kind of like. Like painting or? Yeah, mostly painting, okay. a few other things, too. Okay. But, but cool. that kind of, you know, cool. oozed into me a little bit. I'm like, oh, I can, like, do that for real. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So did so being homeschooled, so you did you get into any kind of musical experiences outside the home? Like oh, did yeah. you get involved in music at at like a I don't know, like a church or like some other venue or something? Oh yeah. So I mean it kind of started really a lot of it did start at church. Cause I mean I've always I had always gone to church as a kid. Like most of my childhood and I started you know I it started I think the first time I sang at church like a solo I think I was like six years old okay and then it I mean everyone was so supportive and like yeah you know I, I had a bit of an ego so I was like oh you like me yeah I'm gonna do this again you know right. so I kept singing and <laughs> that's not how I acted back then yeah. That's a recent thing, but <laughs> no, but I loved it. I loved how, you know, I loved how it brought everyone together. I loved how it made me feel, which all that's the same thing to me now, you know, but I just kept doing it. And then I joined the choir and mm -hmm. I joined the praise band. And as I got older, like, well, I joined like, you know, the, the kids praise band. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. I joined the choir, which was not the kids choir. They like brought me in, which was really cool because they didn't really do that with mm -hmm. kids much. So that was really an honor because I was only yeah. like probably 13. So that was that that was really impactful for me. And some of my favorite memories in the church were singing with them. Hmm. And the praise band was cool. Played with the adult play praise band a little while after that. Played keys a lot mm -hmm. and do some singing here and there. And it just it did bring me into that space. Yeah. It's younger. so fascinating. I have probably in the last, we've been doing this almost three years. I, I have interviewed dozens and dozens of local singer songwriters from Kansas city and some outside of Kansas city. And I've done hip hop artists, rap artists, uh, country, all pop and psychedelic funk and every kind of thing you could think of. Right. And, uh, even some classical band, you know, Cal Calvin's been on here. He's, he can do about anything, but he, you know, his harp and he's, is trained vocally, operatically, all that kind of stuff. So, 
But the crazy thing is, is that almost all of them started in churches. Even the rap hip hop really? folks started in churches. I mean, I'm really not surprised. So what's interesting is that even though many of these artists have now left the church for all kinds of various reasons, it was still the birthplace. And it's just true across, I've heard this all over America. Wow. It's been the birthplace of many, many musicians first times to perform and do music and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking like for, for all the, there's a lot of religious trauma out there that the church has caused. And many of us has, have experienced that in a lot of different ways. But for all of that, there's still some, there's still some good things that have oh, come yeah. out of it, you know? And, uh, and so that's, that's really interesting. So you got your start yeah, there. That's cool. What, but it didn't, it didn't always, it didn't always hold as a positive experience for you, evidently. Is that right? You, you kind of went through some, what, let's call it religious trauma or let's call oh, it, yeah. or some pain or something Definitely. around that. Definitely. How did that, how did that Fun impact times. you and affect you? So, I mean, a lot of it, I mean, oh man, I don't even know where to start. There's some of it I'm not comfortable talking about quite yet because it's some of it's pretty recent still. Okay. So, yeah, circle back in a couple of years, I'll tell you more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it was a, the church I grew up in was very strict. It was a, you know, evangelical, it was Methodist, but it was a very strict Methodist. Like, I don't know how other Methodist churches are, but I've heard that a lot of them are still a little more loosey-goosey, you know? That one, not so much. And it was very, uh, very judgmental. It was a very large church I went to. And I mean, not everything about it was bad. You know, there was a good community, you know? Mm -hmm. That is one thing I miss about church is the community. Mm -hmm. You know, just the having, like, that extended family, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, since I've left, I've had to kind of build my own right. in a way, you know, which yep. takes longer, but right. it works. But, you know, yeah. you don't automatically have all these people around you. Right, right. But it was, uh, it was very, I grew up like, oh. <laughs> Sorry. So I, this is crazy. Hey, fans, uh, listeners, I had my phone on silent and I had that that thing fo uh, you know where you don't you know anyway it's not supposed to do that <laughs> anyway I had it all shut off and it's it for some it reason anyway. when I've got my iPad going and my phone and it's all off but it's still like that was a phone call it still does that anyway that sorry sort of stuff happens when I'm yeah. around all the time <laughs> I don't know why yeah <laughs> It's the goblin. Right. It's the goblins. <laughs> yeah. Right. But no, it, it, it is Halloween season. You know, it is. So, it definitely is. Yeah. So we don't know what's going on. Anyway. It's spooky. Right. Right. But okay. So yeah, where were we? <laughs> yeah. So you were in the church was too rigid. Yes. Too legalistic. Very. Too many rules. Lots of rules that don't make sense. Yes. Is that precisely? Is that where it's at? Sounds like you've heard of this. <laughs> Weird. I've been down that rabbit hole. All right, but yeah. All right, yeah. Very. Uh, <clears throat> lots of. Uh, oh yeah, you like this, or you're like this, or. Oh, that's that's wrong. You're you're gonna go to hell. 
you know, those sorts of things. I grew up, you know, I grew up in the church, so that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. All I knew was you got to act this way, you got to be this way, you got to believe this specifically this way. Most of it didn't make sense. Most of it, honestly, people, obviously, people were just kind of pulling it out of their bums to, <laughs> you know, lack of better words. So, you know, it just kind of, uh, as a kid, though, I mean, that that's normal. Mm-hmm. If that's all you know, you're like, oh, you know, this authority figure is telling me this. It must be right. right. And so I grew up most of my childhood, you know, I look back and I was, I was probably pretty close to perfect in, within their rules. You mm. know, I was... I was doing pretty much everything they said to do, not doing what they said not to do. You know, of course, occasionally on the things that were a little too impossible, I'd find little loopholes, that sort of thing. But nonetheless, I was, I was solid. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as I got older, I was like, this is really not okay. You know, and it gradually set in, you know, and I was, I was very, uh, I wasn't just into following it, but I was hardcore like journaling, writing, reading the Bible. I have read or listened to like audiobook form, probably almost the entire Bible, if not the entire Bible. I actually wanted to go to school for theology Mm. before. Mm. So it was a very like, I got really into it. Yeah. You know, from a kid clear through my teenage years, I was very, very into it. Mm. And Part of that, I think, is what kind of made me realize this is really screwed up. The things you're saying, the things you're judging people for and telling them that these terrible things are going to happen to them for are really not justified. Not to mention a lot of them aren't even like in Holy Scriptures anyway. You know, so I kind of it started dawning on me that Mm -hmm. something felt a little off. Realized there was like a power dynamic going on that really wasn't very godly Mm. i guess Mm -hmm. you know so i kind of went off on my own little journey you know figuring out what i thought about it and took me a very dark place for a while you know when i realized you know all of that it kind of made me think oh you know my life is a lie the matrix is real (laughs) it felt like the whole like taking the taking the red pill or whatever yeah you you went down the rabbit hole yes yeah Precisely. See how far it goes. Exactly, which is terrifying. <laughs> and I was very young when it happened, yeah. so it was just I hear you. extra terrifying. Yeah. And one of the things that really helped me with that was I started working at... So we left that church that we were going to, the Methodist one. They had switched pastors mm-hmm. when I was pretty young. Um, I vaguely remember the pastors that were there when we started going there. I remember they were nice. I remember some of the stuff they said was really good. That's about all I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, you know, he was nice enough. But I remember as a kid, I sat there and I was like, he just like conflicted himself like 20 times just now. <laughs> and I'd start taking notes. Mm. I was like, he said this, but he also said this like 10 minutes later in the sermon. And these like precisely go against each other. Mm. And that kind of, you know jump-started that a little Mm -hmm. bit in combination with being treated terribly at the church by both adults and my peers. Mm. That wasn't fun Mm. either. 
fun. <laughs> so, you know, just a, a nice, perfect storm to throw me into all that. And then I, we left that church after trying to stick with it. Because, I mean, we knew people. Mm-hmm. You know, we were friends with people that went there. Mm-hmm. There were hundreds of people that went there. So that's hundreds of friends you're walking away from if you leave. Mm-hmm. But, you know, new pastor, not great. There was a lot of politics going on, lots of drama. Mm-hmm. Even the praise band and the choir were fighting each other all the time. Uh-oh. Which I was in both. Church fights. So that hurt. <laughs> It's like Romeo and Juliet, except right. I was both. <laughs> so, left there. Didn't go to church for a few years. Got this job at a church in Lawson. It was a Presbyterian church. And it was a very small church. And I basically got the job because I was singing there for uh, some gathering of sorts. They had hired me to sing some Christmas songs at the piano. And someone heard me from upstairs and they were like, who is that? What is this voice? And they came in and talked to me and it was the pastor that was coming in, Mm -hmm. just been hired and her coworker. Mm -hmm. And they talked to me and they offered me the job of music director and pianist. And I was gonna be leading some of the hymns and they brought me in there. And I, some of those days were some really good days with them. So my coworker and like her assistant guy was named Bruce Mm -hmm. and he was an artist. He was very flamboyantly gay Mm -hmm. and he was an incredible singer. He was an opera singer. Oh, wow. I mean, he had this voice that could shake the whole building. Incredible. Mm. And he was the nicest guy. He was super eccentric, like total crazy dude. Love him. He sadly passed away a couple of years ago, and I miss him a lot. His birthday was like a week ago. but And then Cindy was the pastor, and she is just this very loving, kind, very empathetic mm-hmm. person, very, very smart. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she t- basically took all the hurt that had happened and just set it aside. And was like, she she pretty much taught the Bible how if I were to teach it, I would teach it. Hmm. You know, just the, here's the thing. Here's what we can get from it. Here's my opinion. I'm going to let you know it's my opinion, though. I'm not going to, you know, act like mm-hmm. it's gold. What's yours? Mm. What's your, what do you think? Mm. And I love you, and I love you, and I love you, and you're different from each other, and I think that's beautiful. And if you're not hurting anyone, then cool. Mm. That's how she was. Mm. And it just made me realize, wow, there's like actually, there are people who look at this in a way that they don't use it as a weapon, you know. And so the pain still persists, and a lot of the people, even, dare I say, in that church, there were some that were that way still, and, you Mm -hmm. know, so I still was around it, and... Then she left, and Bruce left shortly after, and I tried sticking around, and I just couldn't do it. It went right back to how the other church I went to was, it felt like, you know, and nothing against the people that were in there, you know, but it just didn't fit me, Mm. you know. Yeah. And it's like, I I don't want to, I have to be careful how I say it, because it's like, you know, some of this might be fine for people. Sure. 
But for me, I just, I couldn't, man. I couldn't. Mm. Saying that something is a certain way without having some way to back it up. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's going to hurt someone. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just can't, can't, can't wrap myself around that. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been to church since. That was years ago now. So that's, that's, that's. But, but you've explored some other spiritual paths, right? Oh, yeah. And what, what has, what has resonated with you at this point? in terms of spirituality so me so there was a time in between after i left that job that i got a job at a horse barn so i get up in the morning and i'd go over there i mean crack of dawn sun's just coming up and i would super quiet all alone i would just clean out the stalls clean out stalls feed the horses pet the horses hug the horses talk to the horses (laughs) and it was a very grounding experience this was also the time where i was going through crazy depression anxiety stuff too so i mean this was like literally everything was happening all Mm. at once and this was uh the horse stuff was like right at the beginning of the pandemic okay so it kind of all lines up there yeah and during those days i did a lot of thinking Because it was so quiet, and I was in nature, and did a lot of thinking. A lot of talking to myself, a lot of talking to God. A lot of listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where Anna Dimmel comes in. Yeah, I saw that you'd mentioned her. And Calvin. Okay, yeah. So, Calvin Arsenio. Yeah, Calvin was doing the... uh, We were Christian kids during the pandemic with his... Yep. With his friend, Justin Randall. Yep. Yeah. And so... I was already a fan of Calvin because I had met him a long time ago at the Rhino, went to, I think it was Aaron James was opening for him, which I was a fan of him. And so I went to see him and then Calvin was playing and I was just like enthralled. I was like, oh my God, this is like, oh, you know, he goes up on stage and it's just like everything else pauses. This is all that matters. That's awesome. He's incredible. I will never forget that show. He turned that tiny venue into a auditorium, I swear. Mm. It was beautiful. So, you know, watched him for a long time, stalked his Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. all those years. Mm-hmm. He started that podcast, and I was like, I'm going to listen to this while I'm here. I never had really listened to podcasts before. That was okay. kind of a new thing. So I got my little Bluetooth <laughs> earbuds, stuck them in, and you know buckled in for the ride and so much of what he said resonated with me Mm. so much and the guests he had as well yeah they had some good guests i loved what they were doing i yeah excuse me they were they uh yeah when he opened uh just a few months ago his new album paradise i haven't heard it yet i went down there for one of the opening nights you did uh, i'm jealous and justin was there justin actually i I'm not sure where he lives right now, but I think he still lives in New York. Really? But, yeah. But um, anyway, I got to meet Justin. Um, I'm jealous. Yeah. Yep. He's I've, awesome. I've had uh, Calvin and his partner over for dinner and Aww. grilled out for him, all that kind of stuff. It was fun. That's yeah, so fun nice. Stuff. Yeah. But he's a great yeah. human being. I love him to death. So, well, good stuff, man. So yeah. let's talk about your music. Um when did you start writing your very first songs? Young, so, young? I mean, young, young, young. I remember, I think the first memory I have of 
writing, I mm-hmm. guess, was I remember sitting in the back of my parents' car looking out the window. I must have been maybe four, five. Wow. Maybe less. And I remember humming music, like songs, melodies. And they were not a song already. They were mine. I was just making them up. That's the first memory. So, I mean, I was doing that way back. That's and then so fascinating to me. As I got older, I started hearing other things in my head. I remember I heard like a whole orchestra in my head and I could pick out all the different parts. And I think at that point I was probably like six or seven. Mm. I think that was like the first like peak of like the fact I was going to be a producer mm. showed up. Because I'm like, I have all these different parts. Like I'm like, I have a whole arrangement in my head. So just kind of gradually, you mm-hmm. know, kept getting more and more full. Yeah. I started actually writing, like, f- lyrics and things. I don't know how old. It was pretty young, too. But the first completed song I did, like, with the piano and singing, was called In My Dreams. I still play it a lot. And I'm actually planning on playing it today. Oh, sweet. And I was 13 when I finished that. Oh, wow. So, but before that, it was all like little snippets and, you know, little poems and stuff. Yeah. Kind of just turned into that gradually. (laughs) So you, what, um, you, when you went through some of the, some of the anxiety, depression stuff and, and and then you've got two albums out that came out in 2022 Yep. Queen of Crazy and Lemon Tree. One's kind of electronic, yep. eclectic, and one's alt-folk. Alt yep. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, definitely some of your songs, you know, come out of that oh, place definitely. of either pain or trauma or struggle. I feel like or, at least most of Lemon Tree did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you listen to it, you're like, oh my God, go get some therapy, did, girl. Like, did it, are you okay? It's kind of therapeutic though, isn't it? To, oh, to do the music and write about it, isn't it? It's, oh yeah. I mean, I went to therapy therapy, but the music was just as good. Yeah, right. <laughs> the recording studio, just as good. Where did you record, by the way? I recorded at Weights and Measures Sound Lab, yep. Kansas City. Dwayne. Yep. Dwayne's the man. He yeah. is a wizard. Well, who else do we know that records there, Matt? Oh, man, there's a lot. Lots oh, of a lot of people. Very, very popular. Yeah. He's gotten more busy now, and I'm having to book out pretty far ahead. I'm like, come on, man. I, I'm glad you're getting business, but Wait. everyone needs to quit using you so so I can have more time. Uh, <laughs> what Were they connected to Chapman's, the old Chapman's studio, or not? Was that totally emerge out of something uh, yeah, different. Something else. Okay. Um, yeah, so Queen of Crazy. Queen of Crazy. What 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 are what was your concept with that album and some of the songs that went into it? So Queen of Crazy, I call it a mind dump album. By the way, you can <laughs> check this out Apple, Spotify, yep, everywhere. all those places you can go to her Instagram, her yep. website, all of that. Yep. Julie Reynolds music. Yep. Julia. Reynolds. Julia with Julia, an A. Yep. A. Reynolds and Reynolds music. like the rap. Right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So concept, concept. behind Queen of Crazy. What were you? Mm. What were you? Such a hard question. 
And how long were those those songs? You've had about what twelve songs on that album, or something like that. I think so, like eleven or twelve. And I can't remember. That's sad. How, I should know that. Was that your? That's your first album, right? <laughs> that's my first album out. Yeah. And how how many years were those songs written over? Like so, those particular songs were uh-huh. all written in the span of maybe like two years. Like during the pandemic kind of thing or earlier? Like a little earlier and throughout, I'd say maybe like maybe the year before. So probably 2019 roughly Mm -hmm. was when a lot of them started happening. So long story short, very long story short, I had been playing piano and singing and performing like that. I had a lot of songs, probably two or three albums worth that I had been performing. Mm Mm-hmm. Didn't know what to do with them. I had a band for a while. The band broke up. You know, stuff happened. Um, love them to death. It wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't like a drama thing. It's just, you know, our lives went different ways, which is a bummer, but it happens. It wasn't meant to be. So I was like, well, shoot, what do I do with these songs? <laughs> Have all these songs and some people knew them and loved them. And, and then I, I was like, you know what? I need to like start producing because I have all these like... I guess visions, it's not really visions if it's a sound, but you know, mm-hmm. you get the point. In my head mm-hmm. of these whole, you know, big arrangements and things, and I can't do them because I don't have a band. So I was like, that's the only thing I can really do. And I just found out what production even was. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know about DAWs or any of that stuff. I just started finding out about that. So I was like, that's what I need. That's what I've been dreaming of. So I went on Facebook Marketplace and I bought a 2011 macbook this wasn't 2019 so very it was getting it was getting old it was like eight years old it, it was it was having issues the poor thing it was so slow it was it was dying and so i bought that and it had garage band on it and i was like oh my gosh i can do anything now and i like plugged it into my keyboard and you know after it loads for an hour and a half then you can you can do whatever you want that's hilarious so i get in garage band and i create the first song on the album queen of crazy called crowded room that's I a think, good song i like you. that i did that song i think in like two or three days hmm. the demo so that one just came out that was like the first official mind dump hmm. um then the rest kind of just followed suit and I, in, in between, like I did a couple, like three maybe. And then I actually got like a new MacBook in, it was 2020, got like a brand new one and then got like, which was a gift. I was broke. I could not afford that. <laughs> and, um, and then it had logic on it. So upgraded, boom, and was able to finish the album. And I took it to Dwayne, and he mixed and mastered it. I didn't know how to do timing back then, so he fixed all of my timing. Thank you, Dwayne. I'm sure that was hell for you to do. <laughs> and did all their vocals again and in the studio. So that's they were cool. good. And there you go. That sounds that's great. Crowded Room. Crowded Room. Yeah, tell us about that one. I like that song. So that song actually was inspired by my experiences as a kid. Um, so when I was a kid, I went to youth group and I went to 4-H at a time. I was doing both of those things. It's probably like 14 or so, Mm -hmm. give or take. And I always was like the one person in the room that was alone 
Like, I was the only one without friends. I was the only one... Like, we'll put it this way. One time at the youth group, and this youth group was big. There was like 80 kids there every week. They did this game. And they're like, all right, everyone get a partner. Whoever doesn't get a partner is out. And I was the only person in 80 kids without a partner. (laughs) And I just stood there like... Yeah. Oh, is there anyone gonna come over here? And all the people that I thought maybe were like kind of my friend that I'd like talk to occasionally, you know, they're all somewhere else. So I kind of just stood in the middle of this room, like, nice, <laughs> this is cool. And then they, and then I was out. So that that's a good, you know, that energy there mm-hmm. is how it was all the time at yeah. both of these places and the adults for some so reason. You never felt like you quite also, fit in. I mean, they're not. Is that what you're? Am I hearing you right? Oh yeah. You never felt like you're quite fitting in anywhere. No. Yeah. People, people did not. I don't know. I, you know, they didn't understand me. I didn't understand them either. So I guess it's pretty fair. Yeah. But I just, you know, being, I'm looking. So being in a crowded room, but you feel all these senses, senses of loneliness or isolation or you know, alone. In in a crowded room, I was the only one. You know, that's one of the lines. So it's very. Yeah. Very, uh, and everywhere I'd go, I was pushed away. So that, you know, that's about for some reason when I was listening, when I was listening to it, it, there's a song that uh, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys did called In My Room. Did you ever hear In My Room? Yes, I did. I have heard that song. (laughs) And, you know, it's an introvert. It is a good song. It's an introvert melody, right? A song about, but it, 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 for some reason when I heard your, the crowded song, Mm. It made me think of his that song about being in his room because you're in this crowded place, but you're like in your own little I could room, see your own that. little world. I don't know why it even clicked like that in my brain. I love but it, it. But it did. I'm gonna take that as a huge compliment. <laughs> well, yeah, I like the song. It was really. Well, thank I can, you. I'm an introvert, so even though I've I have I've been a people when they interact with me, mm. mostly see me as an extrovert because I'm in front of an audience, I'm speaking, mm-hmm. I'm doing podcasts, I'm interviewing people. But I need alone time to oh, yeah. recharge and me replenish. too. And looking back, honestly, I think I was an introvert. But since I was so eclectic and like kind of out there, you know, goofball and dressed weird and like I've always been that way. Um you know, I thought I was an extrovert. A lot of people thought I was. And looking back, I'm like, well, maybe the reason I sat by myself, maybe part of it was because I wanted to, you know? I mean, people were mean to me, too. So there's that. You know, of course, I'm not going to want to talk to them if they're all jerks. But, <laughs> you know, I didn't really go out of my way to go talk to people. You know, if one person was mean to me, then I was like, I give up. Yeah, and I'd go and pull back. they don't know to go talk to me. Maybe they think I want to be alone. Sure. You know, but I mean, I was a kid, so I didn't know. Nonetheless, I definitely... I'm an introvert, and I appreciate my alone time now. <laughs> yeah, so, and people don't realize that because if you know, like, if you, by the way, you you have a love for fashion, and design, and evidently dance as well. Yeah. By the way, if you check out uh, her Instagram, you, where in the world do you get all your costume changes? <laughs> oh my God! Like she is. You've got, and I want to hear that because you've done a little, you've done fashion, you've done a little modeling. What's the dance thing too? talk? And then I want to come back to lemon tree. But first, fat, how did, where in the world do you get all your costumes? (laughs) Check her Instagram out. I mean, she has got a thousand looks. I do have a lot of looks. Thousand looks, thousand clothes. It looks like too many clothes. (laughs) 
Are you running? I told you I'm a shopaholic. Yeah, right. Like, do you go to Ditto? Do you go to the little the, the, the Where do you go? A lot of them I get from the thrift store. Yeah, and that's I'll what get I was wondering. Pieces, you know, and I put them yeah. together. A lot of it I design myself as well. You're gonna pop some tags. So, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but um, that's a little, it's, it's, it's an old Macklemore reference, you know. I've heard it before. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think uh, I counted my shoes like uh, probably a year ago and I had like 150 pairs. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh, I should probably go through these. I did All go right. through them. I got rid of a so, lot. So now I have maybe 80 pairs. We're improving. We're self-improving. We're good. <laughs> Julia, Julia's mom is silently back here in the studio. Silently judging me. And I'm like going, Mom, how, what, what, what's the deal with all the, what do you do with all these shoes? What do you do with all these clothes? <laughs> she, needs a, she needs a bigger house. I do. See, that's why people need to, people need to give me some money so I can buy oh. a house and put them in the house. The whole house will be full of clothes. So is it just your... <laughs> Is it just your intuitive sense of fashion and creativity and design, or have you have you studied fashion? I mean, like I've done Is some just... self study myself. Like I've never gone to college for it or any classes or anything mm -hmm. like that. I did in 4-H do sewing, so I guess that could kind of count. Kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I did learn a lot about kind of sewing sort of. from that, and yeah. I do a lot of sewing now in my design, so I guess it makes sense. But the fashion itself, the styling. It's all you. pretty much all me. It comes out of your own yeah. sense of creativity and your love for this or that. I guess so. Yeah. A lot of it is the thing with me where I, I'll get up in the morning, especially days when I have a show or something, where I put a little more energy into it. And I just, like, how do I feel today? And then I put that into a look. That's usually what I do. Do you have a favorite season of the year that oh. you like to correspond with in terms of fashion and what you wear? Oh, man. Probably fall. Probably right now. I mean, like Halloween. Like, I noticed yes. you had a lot of fun Halloween posts. Oh, yes. I love Halloween. Halloween's, like, my favorite. Halloween and Christmas are my two favorite holidays because you can do so much with them. And it's so fun. But, I mean, a lot of the thing with Halloween for me is that I go to Walmart or Dollar General or even the thrift store, and they've got all this Halloween stuff. Mm -hmm. And half of it I'd wear all year anyway. Mm -hmm. So, basically... Mm -hmm. They're taking, like when I go to the thrift store around Halloween time and they have their Halloween section, basically to me what they're doing is they're taking all of the stuff out of the store that I would want to buy and they're putting it <laughs> in one spot. And there they're saying, go. here you go. Here's Boom. all the stuff you want. And then I, you know, spend too much. It's fun. That's funny. And it's then what about tradition. the dance stuff? Do you do dance? dance? stuff. Are you, so I grew up doing dance lessons, acrobatics. Okay. Those sorts of have things. Have you incorporated that into your live shows a little bit? Oh, yeah. And I'd like to more. I want to get more uh, choreography involved. Okay. I used to do some choreography for fun. I did, like, teach a dance class for a very short time. So it's kind of like I have a little experience with it. And I'm like, I want to, you know, I do want to involve that. I want to bring that in there a little so bit. I asked Calvin. I said, hey, I'm oh, interviewing no. Julia today. And, He's uh, like my idol. I always said, like, do you... Anything I, I should explore with her is what I said. Oh, no. <laughs> and he says, I do see her as someone who embodies creative freedom and hard work. He but said that? That's right here. <gasps> what? <laughs> oh, 
Can you like so, send me a screenshot sure, of that sure, so I can sure. print it off and print it? I will it? do it. Like, <laughs> I will do it. And then he said that I'd be curious to know what rituals she participates oh. in to carry her light so brightly. And I was like, okay. Oh cool. I just did my makeup count. You're going to make me cry and ruin it. Gosh dang it, dude. Oh, man. So what, what rituals I do to make my light shine? Yeah, things that are practices that I see. you incorporate in your, in your week, daily or weekly routines okay. that, that stir your creativity so, and help you shine hmm. that, that beautiful light through your, you embody creative freedom. I thought that was a high compliment Gosh. coming from Calvin, so... I'm going to frame yeah. that. I'm going to screenshot and frame it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now I got to get over the initial, wow, Calvin Arsenio just said that about me. Calvin, I'm like such a big fan, by the way. So if you're hearing this, I'll send him thank a, you. I'll, oh I'll my shoot God. him the link to the episode. For, oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Let me think. Let me think. So I do, God, I do all sorts of stuff. I'm all over the place. If you can't tell, but a lot for me is nature, you know, a lot of mm. nature walks, a lot of, a lot of grounding techniques I mm. do. I mean, a lot of that stemmed from my anxiety and depression meltdown in 2020. I kind of got to like this super low point where I was so, I was almost a vegetable basically. Mm. Like I would just sit there totally dissociated, totally like couldn't comprehend what was around me felt like I was like not even here, even though I was, you know, so I had to do a lot of grounding, a lot mm. of, you know, feel this, feel, you know, it's hard, look around, what do you see, you know, the five senses kind of stuff, mm -hmm. you know, what do you hear, what do you smell, mm -hmm. the typical what your therapist tells you to do, which actually was pretty helpful for me, mm -hmm. so that's good, but that kind of stuck with me, mm. and then of course I learned, I don't remember like what the name of this ritual is, but there's this ritual where you like basically feel like you imagine the like the grounding energy from the ground like coming up through your feet it's better mm -hmm. if you like stand outside barefoot which i'm constantly outside barefoot and there's like science to that too like going outside barefoot's really good for you as long as you don't like step on something yeah. stupid <laughs> so yeah. you know you feel very, that energy right. and then you feel the energy from the heavens coming down yep. And you just stand like that for a while and just imagine them both like coming through you and like how connected you are. Mm -hmm. That, that's a big one I do. That's cool. That one helps a lot. And it's kind of just like taking that, that I used from that dark time and like expanding upon it. That one's really good. And just like playing music without having a reason to play. Right. You know, like it sounds simple, but just sitting down at the piano and just playing. You know, not worrying about how it sounds, not thinking about anything. It's almost like you're channeling your the energy of the universe yes. through your playing and Precisely. You flow into flow into this. Yeah. It's like it'd be like me journaling, but you're just journaling yes. through your music emotionally. Exactly. That's, that's so cool. That's made me want to pick up I don't play anything. You don't? No. My mom tried to make me play <laughs> piano when I was a little kid, and I wanted to play basketball. So oh, that's never, fair. Basketball. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basketball's cool. No, but I, I've I love music. I've always been, you know, I've always been hanging out with musicians. You know, 
married a music major, you know, all nice. that kind of stuff. So, so you've been around it. I, and I started a music company even it, just to help my musicians write and, you know, and lean That's into cool. them and stuff like that. So, yeah. So I've always been hanging out with musicians and I love that. Yeah. All right. We're, we're well, okay. real quickly, <laughs> Lemon Tree. Um, Lemon Tree. You did this with Michael Johnson, and I read. Michael Johnson. I read this little, like you were in a live setting with Michael or something, or it sounded like you were in a. The first time you played together, was in front of a live audience. Am I right? Oh yes. And, and well, kind of, kind of. That's kind like of. Like he correct. didn't know your music, but he. He like started playing it yes. with you okay. or something. So, I was like, how does that, I, and who is this guy? Who's Michael so Johnson? so many weird, like weird <laughs> stories we could probably talk all day. And I'd, I'd ram, I'm a big rambler. This is her, know, this but. is her album that she released, Lemon Tree in 2022. Yes. It's an alt folk album. Be sure and check it out. Beautiful thank music. You. Oh, thank you. Um, so basically what happened, and, and Michael will tell me I get the story wrong. Okay. Like he, he changes it when he tells it. Sure. So, you know, we'll have slightly different takes on it. But right. how I remember it is, is that my mom and him went to fiddle class together. Drunken fiddles. Or <laughs> Laurel Parks. Yes. So they went to that. And I suck at fiddles, so I don't go. But, <laughs> but basically, I had a gig coming up with my old band. And... You know, their schedules were a little wonky, and I wasn't sure if they were going to show up or not. <laughs> That's always scary mm. at a at a uh, paid contracted gig mm -hmm. coming up in like a week that you've advertised. Cool, yeah. So I was like, shoot, what do I do? Like, I can't do this show alone. Like, all the songs are like band songs. Like, I, I could do it alone, but it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't work very well. Mm -hmm. I haven't practiced that way, and. He's like, mom's like, I know a bass player, you know, and because he plays bass and guitar. Okay. I guess that's what it was. I didn't know if the bass player could be there or something. I can't remember. Anyway, basically, I was looking at him like maybe filling in. He was like, oh, that's too soon. You know, I'll have to hear your music more, which is kind of ironic considering later in the story, but <laughs> we'll get there. Um, and so I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, we'll, we'll meet up. We've decided to meet up. Well, that, that show got canceled. It got rained out, which mm. I was like, oh, no, so sad. <laughs> no, I was very thrilled. But so we were like, yeah, let's like jam. Let's jam and see, you know, maybe maybe we could play sometime. Maybe I could use you later for something. And so he comes over and we just hit it off. We mm. just totally hit it off as people, but also musically, like, we had this weird like telepathic thing going on like almost immediately where it was like we just kind of knew what the other person was going to do before they did it. It was weird. <laughs> so we were like, yeah, we need to play together sometime. But I didn't think a ton of it. You know, it was just like, oh, that was cool. Move on, you know. Well, then had another show scheduled with that one band that I used to have and bless their souls. And I invited Michael to play like three or four songs as a guest for fun you know and he shows up and then i get a call and the the one person got lost on the way and decided to just give up and go back home <laughs> and then the other person like couldn't be there 
I think he told me a couple days ahead, but it was still like pretty last minute. I don't know. Long story short, none of them showed up except Michael. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we had a, I think, two or three hour gig. Wow. There were quite a few people there too. It was for an art show. Hmm. So luckily it wasn't like, you know, an auditorium where everyone's staring at you. Like we were kind of like extra, you know, they go to like drink and look sure. at the art. So like, you know, that helped, but it was still like, oh my God, this isn't good. And so basically, I can't remember if I asked him to do this or he offered. He'll probably say I asked. I'll probably say he offered, <laughs> but he ended up playing all of the songs we had like these teleprompters with just the chord charts that's it you know the lyrics the chords hmm. and i was like here look at this you know hit this pedal it switches the page and he's like okay and he freaking nailed it he wow. sounded amazing it's impressive and so he played like three hours of songs he had never heard in his life amazingly and then at the very end we wanted like the crowd was like gathered around and they wanted us to play one more song and we didn't have any more and we were like, which I mean, granted, we could have probably played one from an hour ago because they probably wouldn't have even noticed because it was a, such a long set. But we we're like, no, I was like, let's like, let's do something different. And I look at him and I'm like, Michael, make something up. <laughs> and he looks at me like panicked. He's like, make something up. And I'm like, make something up. So he starts playing this song. And it was gorgeous. Turns out it was one he had already written, just a, like a instrumental called Tears No More. And I started singing with it and I just came up with words and goodbye, the last song on Lemon Tree yeah. happened. I don't think we changed really anything at all about it. Like all the lyrics and the melodies and all that are the same on the album as it was that night. I think maybe I'd switched like one word or something, but it's pretty much the same. Hmm. And so cool. that was the moment we knew and all the people afterwards are coming up to us telling us like we needed to put out an album. They're like, you should put up an album. And Michael's like, Julia, they're all saying we need to put out an album. And I'm like, let's do it. So then cool. 2020 rolled around. We didn't have much, anything better to do. So we sat around and wrote and recorded and put out an album. <laughs> lemon, lemon Tree. Lemon Tree. Tune in to Lemon Tree. Check that out on however you listen to music. <laughs> And that song is is on that album. Yep, it's the last one. It's good stuff. One. It's good stuff. So let's hear a couple of your songs. What do you think you want to play for us? Oh, okay. And we're going to do a little set change here and uh, take take a quick break. But uh, yeah. what what are you? You won't feel it if you're listening or watching. It, it'll be seamless. But we're going to take a little break, change the setting. What do you think you're going to do? So I prepared two songs. Both of them are not on either of the albums. Oh, I was going to do right. some on the albums. But then I decided not to, because you can look up the album. Sure. Figured I'd do something that is coming out Be soon. Be unique. Perfect. Instead, Perfect. because this will be the only way to really hear it. That'd be great. So I'm going to do In My Dreams, which is the first one that I completed yep. and performed at, at 13 years old. And that's coming out soon. And then I'm also doing Karma, oh, which nice. I recorded with a rock band I played with a while back called Lottie Fisher and the Funeral. And... It's going to be released soon as well. So, but I wrote both of those and in my dreams, I'm going to be recording with Michael. So nice. So a little bit of both. I have two more albums coming out. I'm kind of following suit with the whole like first, like 
solo crazy be like weird released one. next year kind of and thing folk i'm hoping for like early next year yeah. mid next year okay it's not like super scheduled but yeah probably next year nice all yeah. right so two more cool we're gonna we're gonna move to those songs now thank you oh, great thank stuff. you hello my name is julia reynolds and this is my song in my dreams To make me feel better somehow, but that's just another closed door. I used to think about our future together and how someday our life would be better—the joining of two pure hearts. But somehow we ended up apart So I want you to know That I am Sending my love through each flower you see With each flower be thinking of me With each petal that's in view It's hard, but we'll never part in my 
heart But we'll never part in my dreams Oh, in my dreams Hey, you made it to the end. Thanks for listening all the way through on this episode. By the way, if you're not already a supporter, go to spiritualityadventures.com, sign up for one of our monthly supports, and you will receive our bonus content. You'll receive lots of interesting information about our guests. Many of our musicians will do special bonus songs and record a song. So I wanna encourage you to do that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Be sure and subscribe. Be sure and share any of the episodes that you like. And be sure and make comments if you like them as well. This helps us uh, get spirituality adventures out there to more listeners, more, more watchers. So whatever platform you're using, subscribe, like, share, make comments. And go to our website, sign up for our team and be a part of the team support. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time.